Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Pitchforks optional. Welcome to everyone that's uh, with us already in the chat. Uh, everyone got here early today. Great to have you all with us to uh, pick apart the pieces of last night's 3 nothing loss to the San Jose Sharks for the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets now just two points up on the Calgary Flames for the final playoff spot. Uh, and, I mean, as much as that game last night was an incredible disappointment, um, frankly embarrassing on some levels, uh, there is uh, a lot to get to and so many angles from this game and the current situation that this team and organization is in, and we're going to try to get all over it today. Murata Tesh was in San Jose last night, was in the room speaking with the likes of Mark Shifley, Dylan DeMello, and Rick Bonus after the game. We've got those comments, including video of them, and uh, we'll talk about it with Marat a little bit later on. Scott Billick is also going to jump on the program, and we'll get his thoughts from uh, what he's thinking about the current plight of the team as they come home for this final homestand of the year with seven games going in the wrong direction, having just lost again to the worst team in the National Hockey League with their season on the line. Um, we will lighten things up a little bit later on. Ben Zlotty of the Winnipeg Ice, a team that just kept on winning all season long, is going to jump on with us. Don't forget the Ice begin their playoffs Friday and Saturday at the Ice Cave, 7 p.m. on Friday, 6 o'clock on Saturday. So we'll look forward to a talk about a team that has been um, fantastic all season long and will be playing playoff hockey this year. We can guarantee it. Not something I can tell you about the Winnipeg Jets right now after last night's win. Um, listen, before we uh, get to it, I do want to thank the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Uh, Princess Auto and Coolbet Canada leading the way. Culligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, Canadian Club Whiskey, Wallace & Wallace, Consolidated Supply, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, and we will certainly get to another Why Not Question of the Day for our friends over at Not Auto Corp at Waverly and McGilvery and Not.ca. And of course, Little Brown Jug as well. Tonight, by the way, if you haven't already locked up your tickets, there still are some available. We'd love to see you out at Little Brown Jug tonight. It will be sports trivia hosted by yours truly. And uh, as I joked on Twitter, well, only half joking, maybe a little bit of a Jets fan crisis counseling session for everyone to get together, vent a little bit, have a couple great beers down at Little Brown Jug. So that's getting going at 7 o'clock. We'll be there early. Pop down, bring your crew, and hopefully we will see you there for that. Um, I was telling a couple friends this morning, that, I mean, I was livid, like most people that care about this team were last night after the game. Um, incredibly disappointed, almost despondent, to be honest with you, with the way the things went up. And um, listen, uh, the guys on OB did a great job on the post-game show, Illegal Curve. Many of us were up with KNR till nearly 2 in the morning last night listening to it. I went to bed pissed off. I woke up even more pissed off to be perfectly honest with you, and I'm sure many of you are in the same boat, to think that we are talking about a team that was first place in the Western Conference just over two months ago 
and is now looking like it's maybe even likely that they won't be a playoff team is um, it's almost unfathomable. But when you hear what we heard last night from Mark Shifley and then Rick Bonus, um, maybe we should have expected this. We've been staring at this for the last couple months, a team steadily going down and unable to get back to where they were and doing the things that made them a darn good hockey team through the first half of the season. Um, we're going to get to the comments from Mark Shifley. I mean, this is complete deja vu from last year. Um, you know, he was ineffective again last night, not getting things done. I'll give him credit for one thing. He did speak after the game. Um, but I think what he had to say was maybe as telling and as damning about his role in where this team has fallen to after such a great start this season. And as far as Rick Bonus goes, um, listen, I think Bones, and we'll talk about this with Murat a little bit later on. He's got a great piece on it in The Athletic. I mean, there's certainly a lot of blame to be thrown around. Um, and when it comes to personnel, player usage, getting guys out there that are actually giving 100% right now, I think we can question some of the decision-making of the coaching staff. But it is quite clear that Rick Bonus is at the end of his rope right now with a number of his players and really does not have any other cards to play. And when you hear, once again, going back to things like personal pride, it tells you all you need to know about what's missing right now with this Winnipeg Jets hockey club. And it is, um, it's brutal. Uh, and listen, this fan base deserves better. This city deserves better. So many good people that have been working hard at True North Sports and Entertainment, I think, deserve better. And, um, you know, regardless of what happens over the course of these next seven games, whether the Jets will suffer the indignity of one of the biggest choke jobs in any recent NHL history in not even qualifying for the playoffs after being first in their conference in the second half of the season, or whether they end up somehow getting into the playoffs, winning a few games, and down out. This is um, this is the end of the road for a number of players on this team. Um, some will say, and, and and you know, I'm not entirely sure where I'm at. You know, on you know whether it's time for a complete overhaul of management coaching. But I mean, that has to be that has to be a a, a topic right now because. this situation is going to need a lot of courage. And I don't think that the organization, whether it be general manager ownership, had the courage a couple years ago, even if they maybe knew what was coming and knew what some of the problems were, to make some of those bold steps to get past this, to avoid what's happening right now. And we are seeing the worst-case scenario of um, of a situation where you obviously have you know internal problems, you have players that aren't entirely committed to doing what is best for the team every night, and um, and we've just been sitting here watching it showing up every night, whether it be here on Winnipeg Sports Talk or watching the games on TSN or like myself and many of you going to every one of these games and watching this all fall apart, and it is about as low. This show, this moment, coming off of last night's game, looking at the standings, looking at the way this team has played, I think I can honestly say that there have been some real low points over the last few seasons after the highs of the 17-18 year. 
this is about as bad as it gets. And um, changes are coming right now. They can't come soon enough, I think, for many people. And to be perfectly honest with you, if some of those changes happen before the game on Friday night against Detroit, I wouldn't blame Rick Bonus or anyone behind them for making those right now. Um, listen, we're going to have a lot of time to do this. I am going to do my best not to get completely unhinged, as probably many of you were yesterday. But I think you can feel I got a lot of passion for this club. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be at all the games going down the stretch. I'm going to be there again next year. I hope many of you will be as well. I understand that there's a lot of people that have been turned off by what's happened the last few years. But, I mean, this team is too important to us, to our community, just to walk away. But this organization needs to realize that the time is long since passed for massive changes. And, and I'll say this just strictly as a fan. Um, I always want to support this team. I always want this team to be doing well. I always want them to be something that brings us all together through the winter uh, and hopefully the spring too. Um, but I understand how how many people have been turned off by what we've seen, that, that even before this season. And that's why the first 45 games of this year was just so refreshing. The honesty that we heard from people, the accountability that seemed to be there, the way the team was played, the results, all of that seems to be gone, at least by part of the team right now. And it's killing them right now. So we're going to talk to Billick about it. We're going to talk to um, uh, Murata Tesh about it. We're going to get Remo in here right now. And we will talk ice a little bit later on. But just before we get to Michael Remus, I mean, I, I think the chat's going to be lit all day long. Um, but let's get to that why not question of the day for Not Autocorp over Waverly and McGilvery. Of course, you can check them out online at not.ca. Um, and I'm just going to put this to you. I mean, are you feeling like I am? And I think a lot of people are. I mean, is, is this rock bottom? And I'm not talking about this season. I'm not talking about losing again to the pathetic Sharks who came in at 32nd in the league and had won 19 bloody games in the entire season. I'm talking about since the euphoria of getting our team back and getting back into the National Hockey League. Um, I, I, I want to know, is this is this the lowest that you felt about the team, where we were at as a, um, as a fan base right now? I mean, talk about the team, but I want to listen to the fans, and those are the people that are listening to the show right now. Hit us up in the comments on the Why Not Question of the Day, and... We'll get to some of those as we continue the program. Let's get Remus in here. Remo, man, what's going on? How are you? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get through this. I knew it was going to be a good show. Uh, it's amazing seeing over 400 people here. People are already saying this is the best chat ever. In WST, we're only 10 minutes into the show. That was a well-done intro, Hustler. Um, you know, last night's game, we called it a can't lose, and we saw more of the same uh, from the Winnipeg Jets. So, you know, you look at it's you're sitting here still stunned over how things have changed. They were in first place in January, and since January 17, they're 12, 17, and 2, 26 points. That's good enough for fourth last in the NHL. Only teams worse Columbus, Washington, and oh, yeah, the San Jose Sharks, who's only two wins in their last 15 games come against those Winnipeg Jets. And you'll see teams that who have a better record than the Jets in that time frame, teams that are openly tanking, Montreal, 
Anaheim, uh, Chicago. I don't know if Philadelphia is tanking or not. I'm not sure what their plan was, and they fired the well, GM. Well, we know that they suck. We, we know that they so, suck. We know that they suck. Oh, yeah, St. Louis, who traded away everyone. So um, it's just hard to wrap your head around how this team, which we thought had so much talent, which played so well early on. And look, even if you thought they were going to fall off, that they were winning games they shouldn't have won, I mean, to be among the worst teams in the league, I mean, maybe you thought they'd be mid-pack, but to be here, um, pretty stunning. And when, you know, I stuck around for the post game yesterday and I thought I was going to go to bed early, but after Rick Bonus's availability, I pretty much fell on the floor um, hearing him call out his team again. I don't think, you know, we're going to play the comments and we can react to them, but I don't think, you know, he's called them out before and what did they do? No showed in the first period against the Islanders, so we'll have to see. You know how what happens. I will say, if you want to look on the bright side, um, they're still in a playoff spot. The playoff chances are dwindling. They're at sixty percent of money puck. I don't know if a lot of people believe they will get in. However, they're home for five games. You know, maybe you go on a win streak here and you can try to hold. And two of those games are against teams chasing you. Those games are must wins. They're not. They can't lose and must wins combined. The double whammy. So, I mean, it's not over. I would think rock bottom would be not making the playoffs, but I think no matter what, if they make the playoffs or not, big changes uh, are certainly coming or should be coming. And we thought they were going to be coming last year. They elected not to, and we're kind of on, you know, 20, I don't know if this is 2019 part two or part three, if you go by last season. But again, this is like a, you know, TV show or a movie that we've seen before. Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because, I mean, we've got, we can compare it to 2019, we can compare it to last year and compare it to this year. And 2019, you know, and again, listen, maybe this is recency bias feeling for this is feeling that this is sort of the low point because, um, as I said, we've been here before. (laughs) This isn't the first time we've seen this team basically bottom out in the second half of the year. What was... Well, the worst part of the 2019 season was we knew how good that team was and how good a team could be. And they basically imploded from within. Um, And the worst part about it was, uh, and I mean, again, this is, I guess, up up for debate. But, I mean, I really do feel that they had major personality conflict in that locker room and decided that moving forward, they were going to have to make a choice. And this team tied their fortunes and their future to Mark Shifley and to Blake Wheeler. And they sent Patrick Line a packing. If you remember the end of the 2019 season, when Line really was struggling, um, and the entire team has was basically on the same pattern right now. They were one of the best teams in the league. Frankly, I think they were second overall at the Christmas break or at New Year's um, and ended up being incredibly mediocre, not even playing close to their potential in the second half of the season. And then bowing out in that first round series against the, uh, against the St. Louis blues. Who are the guys showing up every night in the playoffs? Well, it was Patrick line and ironically it was Dustin Bufflin who led the team in scoring despite not being at a hundred percent. Well, that was the last we ever saw of buff. And I know a lot of people were saying, I heard Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick talking about it, that this all started 
when Bufflin left. I didn't start when Bufflin left. It started when things went rotten in the second half of the 2019 season. And then I really think it got exacerbated. And I mean, it's easy to say this now by the decisions that they made and, you know, how they decided to handle this. And that was trading Patrick Laine to bring in Pierre-Luc Dubois, who, according to everyone, has one foot out the door. And by the way, did he play last night? Was was Dubois out there? Obviously, I'm joking, but a completely, completely inefficient game, invisible at times. That line wasn't good enough, and that was supposed to be the number one line. Um, and then I think about what Liney did in that playoff run, and then as well, the first damn game of the next season against the Calgary Flames. You remember that one? Yeah, Liney scoring the OT winner, being the best player on the ice, was the last game he played here. I was checking up the power play numbers from 17-18 and 18-19. Top five in the league. These guys can't even get a shot on goal right now. Um, so listen, this does go back a long way. And unfortunately, we've been sitting through it. And I mean, I know people will bring up the pandemic. And listen, that is, of course, um, an unprecedented time in all of our lives. It was challenging for individuals. It was certainly ta- challenging for businesses. But the bottom line is, I think that a lot of what we're seeing now smack us in the face again by both the play on the ice, and we're going to get to some of the comments after the game, in particular from Mark Scheifele, has been saying that this team tied its future to the wrong guys, maybe believed in the wrong guys for far too long, at a detriment to everybody else around the team. Uh, and at a real detriment to the organization because of the situation they're in right now that's going to take a long time to come back from. And I I really hope they can. So we're left with this team right now. And Mark Scheifele wearing an A um, has been, as I've referred to it, I mean, his response from what happened in Carolina with he, Kyle Connor, and Nino Niederreiter being sat down for 12 minutes has been the worst-case scenario for this club. And a lot of the things that we were seeing that we speculated, we heard from Mark from his own lips yesterday. He's doing his own thing right now. Rick Bonus. It reminds me of Dave Lowry last year, Reem. I mean, Dave Lowry was at his wit's end. He was preaching. These are the things that we need to do. A number of the guys were in on that. When your most important players aren't listening or worse, outwardly, challenging the leadership and the direction of the club and doing their own thing. This is what you get. A team that can't beat the worst team in the National Hockey League when they win it, uh, when they need it more than ever. Um, I mean, bonus, we're going to get to Bones' quotes in a minute. But let's hear from Mark Scheifele because, as I said, the one thing I will give him credit for last night is he didn't hide from the media. He went out and talked, and he actually spoke quite calmly for a while. Um you know, he had a couple of, you know, generic quotes. We'll, we'll go to it. Let's just play a couple of these. We'll start it off with seven, Remo. Um, this is at the start of Mark Scheifele. Hey, what happened? Another night shut out, doing it to the San Jose Sharks. What wasn't happening or how did he see the game? This is what 55 had to say. You know, we had we had lots of chances. You know, Rav made some big saves. It's, you know, it's it's a tough loss for sure. Um, you know, we're in, the, we're in the thick of it. You know, we're in the... We're in the fire, and and you know that's where things are molded, and um, you know that has to be the message. You just gotta keep fighting, keep fighting for every inch, and and you know don't back down. And you know we have a you know two day break, which is nice here again to get some rest, and we gotta be ready on uh, on Friday. 
Yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't know if anything's getting molded right now, other than um, maybe a blank slate for the next people that are going to be taking over this club. Um, let's go to number ten, Reem. Um, Shifley talked about the biggest challenge during his team slump, but also his personal slump that's um, you know extended for a few weeks now. You know, it's tough. You know, sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't, and um, obviously right now it's. Uh, you know the pressure mounts for sure, but um, you, know, you just gotta you just gotta know there's a there's a there's a plan for everything, and I just gotta try to keep on working hard and try to keep my head up and and stay positive, and and you know that goes for every guy in this room. We gotta we gotta stay positive with each other. We gotta um, continue to go to work, and um, you know obviously a big practice on Thursday, and obviously it's nice to to be going going home to our fans, and 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 you know it feels like we haven't been at home at all this this month, but um, you know just wanna. You know, <laughs> it's tough to say. You know, it's 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 hard when when they're not going in for you, and uh, especially you know the year uh, that it's been so far. So, um, you know, that's uh, you know I just have to have to trust in God's plan and just try to try to work hard and and do all I can do and and know it'll turn around. Yeah, everyone, trust in God's plan. Maybe we can get the chaplain in there to do the uh, the pregame pump up speech before the next game. Um, Let's go. Let's go with twelve, Remo. Uh, I mean, this is just another example of words not being even close to the actions we're seeing when it's time to go to work. Um, Shaif talked about wanting to be a desperate team. Yeah, we got to be. We got to be a desperate team. You know, it's it's uh, it's big time right now. Um, you know, it's it's down to crunch time, and you know, we just gotta we just gotta embrace that fight and embrace it together as as a group and 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 keep fighting, you know, fight with each other and, and, and put it all out there. And, you know, that's all we can do. All right. Now here are the key quotes. And we're going to play this before we get to bonus. And Bill is going to join us in a couple minutes. Um, but Marat, of course, was there. And we'll talk to Marat about this a little later on. But he asked Shaif about not getting the results compared to uh, compared to previous times. Here's what he had to say to that. I remember last year you closed this season just on fire. Everything you touched went in the net sort of business at that time. Um, does it feel like you're doing the same things and not getting paid, or is it a difference in sort of how you're playing? Yeah, like, you know, I had you know, probably four shots in the slot, and, you know, our line, our line created a, a good amount. I think I think we could definitely generate some more high-quality chances and not just shoot everything, you know, really make teams work, really make teams play in their in their D zone and, and really wear teams down that way. And... I don't think it's so much about you know shot quantity; it's about quality. And I think uh, you know if we do that, I think it's going to be you know we're going to create higher quality, higher quality chances. We're going to draw penalties, and then um, you know really put other teams on the heels. All right, anybody that's been paying attention and listening to Rick Bonus knows exactly what Mark Shifley just said, and that's basically of this coach's you know uh, it, it, what what he's saying is wrong, and I'm doing my own thing. Um, this is the way I like to play, and that's the way that I'm going to go about doing it. Marat followed up with Shifley on what he just said. You make the kinds of passes from you know behind the end of the slide. Even one today, I remember to Blake, and it just doesn't work out. Sort of thing. You create chances by wearing teams down. So, is there? We hear Rick Bonus talk: shoot, 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 shoot. Is there kind of a different way of attacking that create goals problem? Yeah, I'm a. You know, I'm a guy that you know my whole career. I, I play a possession game, especially in the O zone. I like to you know hold on to the puck and especially below the goal line. Uh, you know, that's kind of where I create my offense, and then you know go to the slot when you know when I play with some pretty magical players that can find me in the slot. And um, you know that that that's always been always been my game. And 
you know, if it's a matter of you know just trying to create more possession time, trying to create more more ozone time and and wear teams down. If it takes you know, 59 minutes, and it takes 59 minutes. But um, you know, that's always been my my look at at offenses is is quality over quantity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a quote! What a quote from Shifley. And maybe this is just a public clapback after being challenged by a very experienced head coach that hasn't been seen enough from one of his most important players, but. Um, I mean, just a complete, completely opposite of everything that we've heard from not just the coaching staff, but a lot of the players on the team. And listen, a bunch of the other guys are buying in and are trying to do what they can do, the way the coaches are asking them to do, the way that they worked earlier this season. Dylan DeMello um, spoke as well after the game. And listen, this is the exact opposite of what we just heard from 55. Here's DeMello. Well, I mean, I think we did a good job of shooting pucks today, and we were maybe a little gun shy last last few games, and and through this stretch, bits and parts, you know, because we put 40 up on tonight in shot clock and in score, we can't go back now to start looking for the extra pass, and, and and those will open up once we continue to shoot and continue to drive the net. You know, could we get a little bit more traffic? Maybe, like you know, I'm not going to pick apart everything. Um, you know, when you don't score, it's defense, it's forwards, it's everybody. So, you know, D can get shots through better. We can create more havoc. Um, you know, we can be playing even faster, maybe creating some odd man rushes um, where the D can join up in the rush. You know, we, we can do, I think, so much in a lot of areas. And, and we will, and, and we'll be all right here. We just got to continue to stay with it. All right. There's a guy that's listening, that's trying to be a good teammate, trying to do what uh, the coaches are asking him from. And um, the earlier one is a guy that is on his own agenda. I don't know if there's any other better way that I can put it. Um, and once again, it is killing this hockey team right now. And um, they are in serious, serious trouble. Now, Billick's coming up in just a second. Scotty, if you could just be patient, because we do want to get to a couple of these bonus clips beforehand, because we're going to be talking about these all afternoon. Um Bones is at his wit's end. And, you know, there's only so many things that the coaches can say. You know, you can maybe take some some ice time away, but at this point in the season, you need your team to come together as a team and to rise up. And that is not what we're seeing, especially from the top players. And, you know, Mark Shifley is at that top of that list. But um, here's what Bones had to say. We'll go with one, Remo. Um, Bonus's post-game comments as to, what the heck happened losing 3 nothing to the 32nd team in the National Hockey League? Well, I would say we created enough scoring chances that we... The, the, the offense gave us a chance to, um, to win the game. We just didn't score. And then we... Uh, and then they become... The inconsistencies of some of our players uh, is hurting us. Um, you know, if some of these guys think they're giving us everything in their tank, they're dreaming. Um, so we got a lot of guys in there giving us everything they can, and we just need a few more guys to jump on board. It's not over. We're still in eighth spot, and uh, we're going to find out what we're made of over the next little while. Some of these guys think that they're giving everything in their tank. They're dreaming. Um, I, I couldn't have said it better. Um, and I appreciate bonus. And I've said I appreciated his frank, his honesty throughout the season. Um, it helped a lot when players were taking personal accountability as well. And I think that was sort of why the first half of the season went so well. 
Um, right now, there doesn't seem to be enough of that right now. But there are a lot of guys that are doing it, and unfortunately, um, you know, this is this is a, a, a disjointed team right now um, that is not getting leadership from some of its leaders, and um, and it is a big, big mess. Here's a couple more bonus quotes before we get to get to Billick. Um, Ken asks how to reach some of these guys that, um, in his mind, aren't giving the 100% that he and his teammates need. Listen, that's what I, there's, there comes a point where your pride has to take over. How do you reach them? There comes a point where their personal pride has to take over. If someone has to go in there and, and point that out to them, then, uh, then, then there's, there's a big problem right there. So, as I said, we're going to find out what we're made of. We're going to find out what everyone in that room is made of over the next little while. All right. Um, you know, the obvious challenge and plea to find that pride within each player to show up and and do what needs to be done to compete at a level that you have to compete to just play in the National Hockey League, never mind win hockey games at the most important time of the year, even if you're playing the worst team in the league. Here's one more. And again, podcast listeners, uh, you'll want to get to the YouTube to see this because as much as the quote says something, the look on Rick Bonus's face when this is asked by Murata Tesh tells far, far more. Um, of course, Bones spoke after Shifley and DeMello spoke. We played those two clips and how diametrically opposed what you heard from Dylan DeMello was as opposed to what Mark Shifley had to say. Uh, Murat asked Bones about that, and uh, this is the way it sounded. And for those of you on YouTube, this is how it looked. Two players came out. Uh, Dylan DeMello spoke to the importance of, hey, just because we didn't score, we still got to keep that shot clock high. Mark said, hey, the way I like to play is hold on to the puck, hold on to the puck, look for that pass in the slot. Um, I mean, it sounds like you're getting two different camps of thought in terms of how to get out of the scoring slump. We had enough scoring chances to win the hockey game. Yeah, the quote the quote saying we've got an, had enough chance scoring chances to win the hockey game says one thing: the eye roll and the biting of the tongue says says something something else. Um, Murat, as I said, was there. We'll talk to him in a little bit. Scott Billick's coming up right away. Just before we do that, hey, wow, huge crowd today. Not surprised if you haven't been around here before. We'll uh, have lots to talk about heading into the postseason, whether the Jets are there or not. And all summer long, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Hit that red subscribe button and uh, make sure you're also subscribing wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Search Winnipeg Sports Talk and uh, give us a sub on the favorite on your favorite podcast platform as well. All right, just before we bring in Billick, shout out to our friends over at Manitoba Battery, Donnie and the gang, best prices, best service in town. Whether you need a battery for your car, your truck, or that summer toy you're working on this winter, Manitoba Battery's got the best prices in town, and it'll save you time and money with their most well-priced option in the city. You can put an order in at Manitoba Battery on lunchtime or the start of WST. That sucker will be on your doorstep in two to four hours for less money than you'd get it anywhere else in the city. Don't waste your time finding a parking spot at Costco or waiting at line at Canadian Tire spending your money at a big box store shop local get the best deal in town and let manitoba battery simplify your life and your battery buying operation um, you can give them a call at 783-8787 
Find them online at manitobabattery.com to order as well. You can always pop in and see Donnie and his great staff at 1026 Logan Avenue. Make sure you tell them the boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. Fellas, if you need to up your wardrobe game heading into spring and summer, pop down and see our friends Andrew and his great staff at F Apparel at 190 Smith Street downtown. Custom suits beginning at just at $400. Custom chinos, golf pants, custom shirts tucked and untucked. They've got it all, not to mention the biggest selection of men's accessories around to make you look real good in your new outfits. Uh, of course, wedding season's coming up. 15% off for all wedding parties when you get your suits at F Apparel. Don't waste money renting tuxes and having to return them the next day. And of course, if you've got a 2023 grad in the family, uh, bring the young man down, get him suited up for his big day, moving on to the next stage of his life. He'll have a great new suit custom made to fit, and F Apparel will throw in a free custom shirt and tie valued at 150 bucks. Pop down and see him, F Apparel, 190 Smith Street downtown, and online, make an appointment at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. Uh, don't forget, we've still got some room for uh, a few more nominations for our Wallace and Wallace Unsung Hero. Let us know about that person in your community doing uh, making a real difference by extended hour, uh, hours volunteering um, within the community, working with charitable organizations and doing charity work. And uh, of course, also being that person that, you know, maybe helps out others in need or is that person on the block that uh, is always there when others have an issue. Send us, uh, tell us about them at unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. That's the email to send the nominations to. Uh, our unsung hero for March will get an autographed Josh Morrissey jersey. Wallace and Wallace will make a $500 donation in the name of the WST listener that uh, nominated the unsung hero. And Josh and Margo Morrissey are going to match that as well for the Dream Factory. Again, the email, unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. And just before we bring in Billick, uh, hey, spring is, well, not quite here, but it's just about here. And if you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products and groceries, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products too, Vita Health Fresh Market is the spot with seven locations, or shop online at myvita.ca. Whispering just around the corner, get ready for it with Ultimate Male Energy. Formulated specifically for men over 35, Ultimate Male Energy is designed to help improve testosterone production, reduce excess body fat, build muscle tissue, maintain prostate health, and more. It's on sale today at Vita Health. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. All right, let's uh, get Billick in here to uh, get the latest from uh, his mind on this Winnipeg Jets club. Scott, uh, <laughs> how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's not fine elsewhere in this town right now, but but I'm all right. <laughs> um, what a night. The what team isn't all right. The fan base isn't all right. The game stunk. The post game was. You've been covering this team for a long time. I mean, where do where do the, the what we heard from Shifley and what we heard from Bonus rank up as one of the most remarkable post game availabilities I think we've seen. And uh, I, I would put it right up there with some. It, it, it was shocking. I mean, Remo said he almost fell off the couch when he heard from Bones, <laughs> and. And I mean, then to see Mark Shifley, I mean, so blatantly and publicly basically tell everyone what we've been seeing, he's on his own program. Um, 
it, it was it was remarkable in so many ways. I, I, I yeah, I mean that maybe I, this is recency bias, but I don't remember ever. I've been around for ten years now. I, I don't remember ever seeing something like that. I I don't remember the last time I've ever seen a head coach like almost put himself on injured reserve, rolling his eyes, snapping his head like he did. Um, to something that his players said earlier. Like, I don't remember that happening. And I've watched, I mean, I watch all sorts of the interviews, post-game interviews. I don't remember that. I, I don't remember that happening. I don't remember, I mean, we've seen Mark Scheifele before last season talk about the system and stuff like that. But, I mean, you said it right before I came on. Like, Mark basically came on and said, like, I'm going to do what I want, you know, and it doesn't matter what, what anybody else thinks. This is the way that I play hockey. This is the way I've always played hockey, and I'm going to do what I want. And 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 then to see Rick Bonus, like, what 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 do you do if you're Rick Bonus? Like, th- this is a team that that drove Paul Maurice to quit. This is a team that wouldn't listen to Dave Lowry. And then after listening to Mark or to Rick Bonus for for the good first half of the season, they've just abandoned it. They've abandoned the way to win hockey games, and it just makes no sense. It makes no sense. It, it, I don't. I, there's no math. The math hasn't been invented to add, make this add up properly. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. And then you see Dylan Dumelo, who's probably been one of the best soldiers on this team in terms of doing the right thing, listening to the coach. Like Dylan Dumelo is on the right page of Rick Bonus's playbook, and and Mark Scheifele's in a different chapter. He's not even the same book, to be honest with you. And 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 you see it on the ice. You've seen it on the ice since the Carolina benching. This team's in shambles. Like, what? Here, here's my question: What benefit would this team have of making the playoffs right now? And the only benefit that I can see is that it gives management a lifeline to say, "Well, hey, we made the playoffs. Look at us. I mean, we at least we got there." It's like what you backdoored in on some shitty play, sorry, on some bad play, and 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 now you're going to be happy that you made the play. Like this is this is like Mark Shafley and Blake Wheeler coming out after some games over the last few years, and they they've won the wrong way or they've lost the wrong way, and they're come out and they celebrate it like it's this big giant victory that they should have a parade about. And and this is the way it feels right now when the Jets win hockey games right now. They're happy that they did something good, right? They're happy that well, we're building off this. We're gonna. It's game seventy-five. There's there's seven games left in the season, and 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 this team is still trying to 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 find. I don't know. I, what are they trying to find? What are they trying to find? They're trying to find their identity. They're trying to find their um a, a way to win hockey games. They don't know how to do that anymore. They, they have you know what they're trying to find. Pulling... You know what they're trying what? to find, Scott? They're trying to find their most important and highly paid players to oh, show there. up, to oh, show there. up. And well, up. well, I, I mean, I, I, I can't disagree with you. Uh, and listen, Shifley's going to take Shifley's going to take a ton of the brunt of this, um, and he is, in my opinion, by far the biggest culprit for consistently doing basically exactly what he just told us he was doing yeah. after the game last night. But I, I, and I mean, listen, Blake Wheeler's right there with him playing with him all along. But I mean, 
I mean, we're talking about, like, if Wheeler was at his best right now, it may sure. be here. Shifley's capable of so much oh, more. Yeah. And and, the, and I really do firmly believe the effect that it has on the rest of the guys in the room, the guys that Rick Bonus is talking about that are playing with pride, that are doing everything they can to win, um, you know, it creates an absolutely rotten atmosphere. And all those things we heard about the Jet dressing room and stuff before – you know how you know how that happens? We're watching it right now. Yeah. But Paul Stasny was right, Huss. Oh. Paul Stasny was right. You know, this is the I went back and look, read his quotes for last night because I was just looking and trying to figure out what I was going to write today. And 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 I remember he's like, this team needs to learn, right? And and he his line was, I hope this team learns from what happened last year. And have, can anybody answer that can anybody say this team has learned anything from last year? Have they learned anything? Because they're all doing the same things Two over Two months again. ago, I would have said absolutely. Yeah, you would have. unfortunately, would have. it's been revealed. Uh, the, the mask has been taken off. Oh, yeah. And it was that same guy that was there the year before. It's horrible. It, 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 makes, it doesn't make any sense. And, and, and like you, you feel, I don't know who you feel bad for here. You feel bad a little bit for Rick Bonus Because, I mean, I think, I think he has the ear of a lot of that dressing room. But oh, it only too. takes two or three players to really sink this team. That's how fragile it is. Um, but but Rick Bonus deserves a little bit of blame here, Huss, because he's the one that still trots out Blake Wheeler on the top lines. He's the one that still trots out Mark Shifley and gives him five, six more minutes than Nikolai Ehlers. Morgan Barron is sitting on the fourth line when he had you know was was had that nice Rodman rush last night. I mean, th- there are guys on here that are trying to win hockey games. And they're not playing right now. They're not playing as much as some of the guys who aren't trying to win hockey games and are just doing their own thing out there. I mean, I, I don't know how to explain that. And that's part of the problem is that, you know, the head coach, and I think I think the problem is you, you already looked at what happened to Mark Shifley when you benched him, and Rick Bonus can't bring himself to do it again because of just how much worse it could possibly get. Right, and and I think that's a big part of the problem, is that he tried to reach him through taking twelve minutes of ice time away during a game, and it sunk him. It sunk him, and and, and like that's for a thirty-year-old hockey player, NHL player that used to say that he wants to be in the same breath as Connor McDavid. I mean, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. It's not happening because Mark Shifley doesn't have it within himself. It appears to be a leader. He wears an A on this team. I think they just gave it to him because, I mean, if they didn't, what might have happened if they, you know, like it, 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 it's a validation thing. I remember when Blake Wheeler said he doesn't need to be validated by the C anymore. I think Mark Shifley needs to be validated by wearing the A, but he doesn't deserve to wear that, that letter. And I know we're picking on Mark Shifley here, but, but he's your number one center. He's the guy with 38 goals this year but hasn't scored in the last nine games during such a critical juncture of this season where this team needs leadership, it needs scoring, it needs all these things to stave off the Calgary Flames and Nashville Predators, and he's failing at it. And this team is failing and, and, and going. This team, I thought you know, I thought this team lived and died by Colin Hellebuck. Um, I, I'm starting to think this team lives and dies by Mark Shifley. And it's dying right now because Mark Shifley isn't doing a damn thing. Well, and yeah, that, that's I mean, listen, Connor Hellebuck, this team's not even in the conversation if Hellebuck right. isn't in there, and you know what you're getting from Hellebuck. But, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, there's no more – there's no, there's obviously no more important player when it comes to both the potential on the good side 
as well as one that can yeah. be more damaging to his team yeah. when they're when they're not on board. By the way, thanks to Les Thompson, who just dropped a nice super chat in there. Thanks, WST. Cheaper than a psychologist coach. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have some. We're gonna have some crisis counselors on hand uh, tonight at Little Brown Jug for sports trivia tonight. If you need to, uh, if you need to vent uh, to vent a little bit. Uh, as far as what happens right now, I'm with you. I mean, you know, part of me, part of me thinks after what we've seen this last little while, you know what? Um, say that there's an injury. Um, give them, uh, you know, give give Mark a, a mental health break or something like that. And just say, you know what? Take a little bit of time. Yeah. Get Jansen Harkins. He's playing his ass off right now with the Manitoba Moose in the lineup. Throw Axel in there. I mean, honestly, do anything other than what is happening right now. Right? So I got to tell you, it could get ugly at Canada Life Center this week. Yeah. Um, you know, people are restless. The angst is as high as I can remember in a long time. And listen, most people are... Res- are, are that, pardon me? This team needs that, Huss. This team needs the fan base to, 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 to almost fight back against what's happening right now because something I think Shifley's going to respond to that. I don't I don't think it matters how <laughs> Mark Shifley responds to it. Management and, and and ownership has to respond to it, right? They know. Somebody's got to respond to it. Well, do they though, Hus? Because yes. we, we've been going this over years and years now of them ignoring the problems with this hockey team. They've ignored the problem with Mark Shifley. They've ignored the problem with with Blake Wheeler. Well, better yet, they I would say they emboldened it. it. They emboldened sure, it. Sure, I mean, exactly. Because they, they made they choices. Lost. They made choices that made this right. even worse. And um, right. and listen, so the, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's some differing opinions of the people that have influence in that. Um, I have a feeling that some maybe came to this conclusion earlier than others. Sure. Um, and there's a lot of things that that tie into it. And listen, it's not easy to turn over your most important and highly paid players and not miss a beat. Um, it's obvious the faith that they put in some of the key guys that they sort of handed the keys over to hasn't been reciprocated and it's been a disaster for the organization. Um, but honestly, I mean, I, I don't think that there's anything more that could possibly happen that we haven't seen already in this past two months that hasn't been, I mean, I referred to it as a slap sure. in the face. You know how sometimes, you know, you're seeing something and you doesn't know it and then you get smacked in the face. You're like, whoa, that's what this last two months has been. That's especially what this last seven or eight games have been. And if you needed any clarity, if anybody in the front office needed clarity about it, we heard it again last night from Mark when he spoke after the yeah. game. And, um, and you know, and, and you know, and back to bonus for a minute. I mean, I am with you. I mean, I, I listen. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been here saying, "Oh, I can't believe they went and you know cut the ice time of Shifley and Wheeler at any point." Yeah. I, I do get it, though. I mean, if you're going to get to the playoffs, and up until this last night, they've still been in a very likely situation to be a playoff team. I don't think that they're there anymore after everything that happened last night. But I mean, it's unrealistic. You're going to kick those guys to the curb get into the playoffs, and then, as I mentioned, throw in Axel and Jansen Harkins or Carson Kuhlman and all of a sudden be able to compete with these teams. The only possible way this team can win is if they get the best out of the players that we're talking about. Yeah. And I'm going to include Kyle Connor, and I'll include Pierre-Luc Dubois. I mean, you can't sit them all. 
Um, no. But no, you're right. It, but to be perfectly honest right now, and I mean, I don't know how you do this, and it's probably impossible with seven games left. I don't think that there is any Jet fan right now that would blame Rick Bonus and his coaching staff for almost anything right now. Sitting guys, throwing in the, in the press box, telling them that they're done, doing something else because doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results often is the definition of insanity right now. And I'll tell you what, this team is driving people insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I'm watching. If you notice my eyes, I'm looking over and I'm, I'm reading the chat right now. I'm like, I mean, I get it, right? Like, I, I, I get it. Like, I, I don't know, though, how an organization expects people to open up their wallet to come watch this right now, right? And, and most of that money right now has already probably been invested in the last few games, people have bought their tickets or whatever. I wouldn't expect a whole lot of walk-up right now um, to buy tickets for this team. Um, but but there's just, like, I, I don't know where the hope is for fans at the moment, right? I mean, the hope is in the future right now. But but what what does the future look like if, if this team continues to run with the same people and not just on the ice but in management positions um, what, what hope is there that it gets any better? Like we, we've talked over the last few summers about how this is the summer of Kevin Chevaldeoff, right? I think this next summer is the summer of Mark Chipman, because who else is who else has the power to change this other than the owner? And he's the one that has to make the really really difficult decisions for for himself of what needs to change um, in this in this market, because twelve years into this, there's nothing to show for it. And, and these last two years have been absolutely brutal on the fan base. They've been brutal on the organization. They, 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 they've erased any kind of good, um, you know, I don't know what you want to call it. It's not karma, but any sort of good, um, you know, brownie points, let's say, of, 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 of attracting players to this, to this market. Like, there, there's nothing here right now for, for anybody to want to sign here as a free agent. Well, listen, um, I'll say this. How many this, players are going to wanna me, want out after this Timmy, year? I, I talked mean, with a couple people in different markets that, you know, that, you know, have been close to the Jets before. And, I mean, the one thing that keeps going up, and, you know, we've heard this term, Hamilton uses it all the time, that, you know, some of these players and the guys that we've talking to have been so coddled during his time here. It's oh, almost yeah. like the inferiority complex of Winnipeg and how hard it is to get guys to come here has allowed the guys that have signed here, not all of them. I mean, certainly not Adam Lowry yeah. and Josh Morrissey's not in this group, but has allowed them to sort of do their own thing, to get away with things that you wouldn't get away with anywhere else in the National Hockey League. And they've been protected through it all to avoid maybe some embarrassment or, you know, yeah. those, those tough things about it. Listen, I'm back. I'm. Well, I'll always support this team and be going to games. And I, I, I'm happy as someone that is sort of in the media. That I, you know, I'm there with the fans, spending my own hard-earned money to go to these games. And I continue going. But I'm going to tell you right now. And I think people. Here's another why not question of the day. People, let me know if you feel me on this. I would way rather watch a team that has some younger players, has some less established players. A team that I know for a fact has way less talent than this club right now and probably has only a miracle's chance of winning the Stanley Cup next year than to bring back 
this group, and frankly, I kind of felt that way last year as well, but it didn't happen, yeah. and try and do this again. Let's get some people that appreciate playing in Winnipeg. Let's get some people that appreciate the opportunity to be NHLers that accept the challenge of what they have to do every day, and they are playing in a team sport. Some of these guys should have been freaking tennis players where, you know what, you only have yourself to blame, and if you're having a bad day, you can just double fall to bit, and you can quit, and you can leave. This is a team sport. This is the ultimate team sport, and unfortunately, the investments that they've made over and over again to a fault have ended up backfiring spectacularly and that's a huge reason why we are where we are right now oh and another one's going to backfire too this summer when they have to trade Pierre Dubois to Montreal for whatever Montreal wants to give to this team right and then the whole line a and 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 and, and winning the second overall pick being gifted with that and all that amounts to basically don't even get me nothing. started on that I know don't but I mean that's get but me this is going to hurt the club for a while us right like this is the problem this is why it's got to end this summer because because it, it, you have to start rebuilding this team, and 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 I agree with you. Like I know there's people out there. I was talking. I've talked argued with Ken Weeb about this over and over again. There's people who think that this team or this fan base won't won't put butts in the seats during a rebuild, and I disagree because if there's anything that this team wants or, or this fan base wants more, is players that go out there and try. And, and try hard and give them their money's worth, right? And so if you go out there and you could say that this team has won hockey games because or loses hockey games, but everybody try hard, I think people would actually care about that, right? I think you start building and currying some favor within the fan base, that you're playing these young kids again, um, that you're going into the stables and and all these guys that you've, you've drafted and talked about being this, this, you know, the next wave and all that are actually starting to come up and play. And, and I agree. I think you need to get some players in here. I, I, I think the biggest thing that the Buffalo Sabres did to rekindle the fire in that team was going out and getting Alex Tuck Amen in to that, that trade. In that trade, because there was a guy who said immediately upon his arrival in Buffalo, I want to be here. I want to make this team. I, I want to be, you know, Buffalo may not be, you know, the greatest hockey market or, or a, not a very good viewed hockey market. People don't want to come here. But I'm going to make it, and I'm going to be part of the the way that that turns this around. And I think the problem with this team has been that it can't attract things, but there's just no ambition, no vision of bringing in a Manitoban player or or, or somebody that that would that would kickstart. Um, I don't know to, to borrow a, a, a church term, a, a revival of sorts around here that would start bringing. Because I, I don't again, I, I I'm a firm believer that you build a winner in Winnipeg. It doesn't matter that it's Winnipeg anymore. It, it matters that, I mean, look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, man. Like, I mean, who wants to come and play in Winnipeg and, and, and do that? But, but, but they do because they win. There, there's a chance to win a championship. And, and there's, there's, there's this family type of atmosphere here. And, and of them are living here year round. I now. know, I know. <laughs> and, and so why, and I get that, that, that CFL players don't make a boatload of money and all that. But a lot of these guys can go back and live in Texas or Florida or Georgia from where they're from or whatever, but they choose to live here because there's opportunity and, and, and they find roots for their family and they realize that Winnipeg maybe isn't that bad, um, even with you know the money that, that they make and all that. Like I, I just there's, – there's, there's no integration right now between most of these players in the city 
Um, this is a team where, you know, you never really rarely see the owner kind of, you know, uh, with the fans and, and, and that sort of thing. Like it, it's so, you know, you call them the Winnipeg Jets, but like it, it, it doesn't always feel like this team is, is Winnipeg so, or, or, or the provinces or anything like that. And I think, again, that speaks to a, a, a bigger problem where, you know, the, I, I just don't think the direction of this team is working here anymore and it needs to change. And you need to get a guy like an Alex Tuck or somebody like that to come in and be like, hey, you know, this is where I want to be. I want to make this work. And from there, you start to get people that kind of follow that, right? Because it's true leadership. You know, you can, again, you build it and they will come. And and I'm a firm believer in that because most hockey players in in the National Hockey League want to win a Stanley Cup. And if you can give them that opportunity, they'll they'll handle the, the winters and all that. Half these guys aren't even here for most of the winter because they're gone on the road and and they're doing all that. It's not that difficult to live here for an NHL player because you know you're at the rink, you go home, whatever. I mean, yeah, it might be a difficult time for the wives and and girlfriends at times or whatever. But again, I think if there's a chance to win a, a, a championship here, then then people will come, and that's what you have to build here. And th- this team has been nowhere further from a championship than they are right now, and and and. And then something has to change. That's just the end. Hey, that's the end of the story. I'm not, and, and listen, I, I think that they have some players right now they with do. this club that they are do. part of that. But here's the thing. But it's, it's, until it's they, by the other ones well, that aren't. Well, exactly. Until you cut out the problems and allow those players to go forward and create that environment that you have to have, you can't do it. And, you know, I've mentioned the word courage a couple times when we're talking about, you know, moves that have needed to be made that haven't been and what what we need going into this season. And I don't think there's a better example of it in the National Hockey League than down the highway in Minnesota. Yeah. Bill Guerin came in. And I mean, the the the, the courage, the risk that it took to cut loose Parise and Suter. Huh. What it was going to cost knowing yeah. that Suter was going to go sign elsewhere in the division while you're paying him all that money was was stunning, frankly, at the time. Yep. But you look back to what it did, it created an entirely new environment culture without those guys, and maybe it's unfair to blame them, but it it turned it over to a new group of players. and yeah. And they have thrived since then. This is a team that is doing it in a much more difficult situation than pretty much any other team right now in the league because of these cap penalties that they have. And they're competitive right now. They've got young players coming in that are contributing right now that are taking advantage of the opportunities. And, I mean, to me, there is going to be some – I mean, listen, we all know, I mean, where I'm at on this. I mean, I've been talking about this two Novembers ago that they needed (laughs) to really think about this right now because of what was to come. And what has come is they've run through blown two seasons and yep. you still haven't taken care of the obvious, very glaring issues right now within that core, within that culture you've talked about. And listen, the fact that we're seeing this right now just speaks to what an incredible job bonus did for the first 45 games along with that coaching oh, staff. I mean, how, how, it, you know, when you think about where things were a year from right now, and where they are right now, how that was even possible to get that team playing and to get those guys buying in for that that period of time, 
you know, it, it is amazing. But here we are right now, Scott. And um, yeah, no kidding. I'm just helping the chat out. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, but my... here we are right now. And um, and I, I honestly have no idea what to expect when we get to that rink on Friday night, take on the Detroit Red Wings. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I mean, just in the short term, and regardless of the big pictures and the personalities and the cultures and the changes that need to be made. I was telling you all that that last that this two weeks was going to determine how things went. They could not afford to lose that game last night. Um, we've gone through Calgary's that the only team that is technically a playoff team that Calgary plays for the rest of the year is the Winnipeg Jets, who look nothing like a playoff team right now. They and got they Anaheim. The they they got Chicago. They yeah. got Vancouver. Um, that was just an absolutely devastating loss right now. And, um, you know, I feel sorry for a lot of the characters in that are doing everything they can to help to win. And uh, it is just impossible to look at this team right now in the short term and really not think about what needs to happen, regardless of, regardless of you know, whether we're going to see a playoff team. Even if they were to make the playoffs, I mean, the, the, the feeling around this city and this fan base, I mean, don't expect 30,000 people at a White Oak party right now. I'm not even sure they'd sell out the games. <laughs> right? Like, as crazy what? as that sounds. I know. But, and, and this, is, this, this is part of the reason why I don't think it's a net positive or a net benefit for this team to make the playoffs right now. Like, I just, I, I don't know what it does because I think the fan base already knows what is wrong with this team and and they need this summer to f- try and start fixing it and 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 putting the playoffs in front of this team and hoping for the best and only to get kind of let down because like you know this Jets team isn't going to beat the Colorado Avalanche this Jets team can't beat the Minnesota Wild there like, will I mean, be if they get there there will be right? no letdown because the expectations by the majority of people I, that have yeah, watched them play so. in the last two and a half months will be to be out in three and it's a best <laughs> of seven. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 Just throwing the towel after game three, right? You're, you're down over three. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's a wild time right now. Huss. I, I, I really do feel bad for the fan base because I think they've been strung along here and sold the bill of goods that, that, that hasn't worked out for them. Um, I I I think this is a this is a, it's a watershed moment for this team, right? And and I think that 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 it, this is the summer where finally something will will give, something will change. I don't know what it looks like yet because I don't know what change actually looks like around here yet. I have an idea of what I think it should look like, and I think a lot of people do too. Um, but until we see it. I mean, after last season, they announced a, a three-year contract extension, and I understand. I, I believe there was a four-year contract extension that was that I was actually signed a year before that happened, but they finally announced it because Ken, we broke it, broke that news, and they couldn't hide it any longer. Um, but still, I mean, the, the optics of after last season of 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 here's three more years to a GM that has won three playoff series, four playoff series in twelve years, and 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 that's it. And, and, and after the way that last season ended, when you're not even playing your, your future players and you're, you're just playing, you know, a, a bunch of veterans that had no need to be playing at that point. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I get it. It's going down to the wire here. It probably goes into next week, the week after that. 
before the Jets are in or out or whatever it happens. But I don't think anybody can sit here and say that this team has any chance of making the playoffs the way that they played. And, and, and yeah, I mean, this is going to be an interesting homestand here. Um, it's going to be interesting, interesting time. And, and this is the other thing, plus, like, if this team gets to the end of the year and, and, and they have to beat, you know, to win to get in, and then they have to come up against the Minnesota Wild and the Colorado Avalanche at the end of the year. I mean, are they, can they do that? You know, like I mean, I I, I don't know. I don't listen, know. Like, can can they case. even? I mean, can, listen, but, yeah, but New Jersey's coming to town. One of the best road teams oh, in no, the league. Have, yeah. Lots to play right now. The Calgary yeah. Flames are playing a hell of a lot more as a team. As much as they, I don't think, can stand Daryl Sutter as well. The key word that Rick Bonus mentioned last night, pride. pride. You pride. saw that last night yeah. with the Calgary Flames. They're not quitting on their season. They still believe that they no. can go in. And I'll tell you what, if that team gets in, um, considering team that they were before, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if they were a very tough out for a team you know, right. that's near the top of the standings, even as bad as they've been. If they get Markster to mix in a save or two, that yeah. team can definitely be a real tough team to play against, especially with playoff hockey. We can't say that about the Winnipeg Jets right now, unfortunately, and uh, it will be fascinating. Listen, we got to run to get to Marat, man. This is great stuff. I appreciated your uh, piece today, and I'm sure there'll be uh, plenty more fodder for topics in the pages of the Winnipeg Sun in the coming days. That that eye roll's not going away, Huss. (laughs) That eye roll's not going away because that, man, was was that telling? Was that ever telling? I mean, that put a bow on, 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 you said it, the diametrically opposed views of those two. And you knew exactly, exactly, there it is right there. You knew exactly when he, when Marat said Mark Shifley wants to play this way, I'd be bonus. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't hurt himself, man, because, like, that was, it, it was, it, yeah. it, that was, it was striking. It was stunning. It was everything that last week's comments were when I when I was talking about. But this this is this is even more right. Like it, it, it's what's going to come next week, or is it just going to be a Rick Bonus just comes out and he's like throws up his hands and that's it. That's right. his press conference. Is, right. That's what we're dealing yeah. with. Right. It's like yeah, it's the shoulder shrug emoji. Right. You know, like I mean, it's just yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh, I don't know what to say. I, I, I it, it's hard to put a lot of this into into words or describe it. But yeah, it's. Uh, this is a tough one, and I feel bad for the. I do feel I feel bad for the fans because they deserve better than this for the prices that they pay to go and watch these hockey games and and the amount of money they put into merch and all that stuff. I mean, this team, they you know, the fan base deserves better. And and at the end of the day, you know, they're the ones that that that, that direct what we ask and and a lot of this stuff, you know, things like that. Because you know, this is a smart fan base. It's not just a fan base that you know doesn't care. It's not a fair weather fan base. Like this is a fan base that 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 hurts after stuff like this, right? Like, like it, it evokes a lot of emotion. And right now it's evoking a lot of emotion that isn't, that isn't healthy for anybody. Right. I mean, I think, no, I no, think that's is, what it is. And, and you know, we talk about the money yeah. I saw BA writing in spit Oh, People will support a team, but they won't at these prices. Guys, it's 2023. They, this yeah. team's in the NHL. I yeah. mean, complaining about and, and frankly you talk about these prices there has never been more affordable options to go to jet games ever oh, this year so like 50 that's bucks just, for a beer th- th- a game? those are people yeah. just like looking for an excuse why they're not going to the games Listen, yeah. no one's forcing you to do anything but if you want to have a national hockey league team you got to put butts in seats you've got to support it and do that but it's on the organization 
to give fans a reason to do that. And yeah. honestly, like I'm not naive enough to think that in this situation, the Winnipeg Jets are going to be a Stanley Cup contender each and every year. But what I do want to see is is a plan, is hope, reason to believe going forward. And the bottom line is guys that come up and show yeah. up and give their best, regardless of the situation. This is a hardworking city. Give us a hardworking team that might have to punch up a little bit. Um, People will be there, and you hope you can develop some younger players like they did originally to get to a team that can eventually contend again for a cup. We're far, far away from that right now. Billick, take it easy, man. Great stuff as always. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. See you guys. By the way, man, pushing 650 in the chat right now. Hit that red subscribe button, any of you newcomers. We're here Monday to Friday, 1 p.m. on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. And uh, if the end of the season is any indication like last summer, uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about on a daily basis, even in the dog days of summer when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets. That being said, there is good news. We're going to have ice playoffs coming up. We'll talk to Ben Zlotti a little later on. Manitoba Moose will be heading to the playoffs. Gold Eye season right around the corner. And, of course, the Bombers back. And that is that is one organization um, that, if you want to think about, was hit some real rock bottom, certainly during my lifetime, that is now in a totally different, totally different stratosphere um, with Winnipeggers and with the Winnipeg sports fans. That is the Bombers. So, um uh, lots of reasons to join us on a daily basis. Hit that red subscribe button and uh, make sure to grab the audio podcast to search Winnipeg Sports Talk wherever you get your favorite pods. All right, Marat is going to join us in just a second. Got to give a shout out to our friends at Royal Sports. Hey, spring is just around the corner. And we always think about Royal as the best place to go and get your fan gear for your favorite team, whether it's the Jets, Bombers, NFL, Blue Jays, Major League Baseball, and the like. Uh, and of course, the Hockey Superstore. But with spring coming, uh, major turn of the seasons. The bikes are coming in. Soccer equipment, baseball, softball, gloves, tennis. Um, we got to make the most of spring. So get ready to do it right from the get-go. As soon as this snow melts, pop on down and see our friends at Royal Sports at 750 Pemina Highway. And make sure to follow them on Instagram as well, at Royal Sports Pemina, for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Um do have to give a big thanks to our friends over at Boston Pizza for their uh, support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, I know that the conversations around the table, if you were there late last night with your buddies, probably weren't too uh, weren't too pleasing. But uh, hey, listen, there's no way better way to make a bad loss feel a bit better than a couple ice cold schooners, a couple of uh, you know uh, maybe some delicious Boston wings, and of course. A little bit more from uh, a little bit more from what you are able to do uh, with uh, whatever you're ordering: gourmet pizzas, wings, and of course that new feature menu as well. Pop on down to Boston Pizza coming up for your uh, next times to uh, watch the game, and uh, maybe you can find something else to uh, occupy yourself or enjoy yourself with if the game looks like last night's for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and of course, I got to give a big thanks to our friends over at Canadian Club. Uh, you know that uh, they are the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and a great supporter of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And it won't be long before we're uh, 
maybe crushing a CC and ginger or two at IG Field. But in the meantime, for all you lovers of Canadian Club and ginger ale, the premix cocktail is now available in 473 milliliter cans at your local liquor mart or beer vendors as well. Uh, get the great taste of Canadian Club and ginger ale in a can right now. If you don't see it at your local vendor, make sure to ask for it. And pick up the great taste of Canadian Club wherever you get your favorite um, beers, options, and of course, liquor marts as well. All right, we got to get to our good friend Marat Atesh, who uh, is going to join us from San Jose right now. Marat was uh, in the room last night asking the questions to both Mark Shifley and Rick Bonus. Let's bring him in now to uh, get his thoughts after having boots on the ground and witnessing that last night. Marat, thanks for doing this. Um, uh, before we get to uh, post game and all the comments, let's start off talking about the game. This is the one that this team absolutely had to have. They get shut out again. Um, you were in the building. What did you see from the Winnipeg Jets and uh, how it ended up the way that it did? Hey, you can take it in stages before everything goes horribly wrong in the at the end of the game. Winnipeg starts pretty well in the sense that it's creating. But look, my comments right off the hop of that game was Winnipeg's playing it fast and loose. And I wrote that before the first penalty, the goal against, all of that sort of stuff. The Jets were going toe-to-toe with the 32nd, the then 32nd best team in the National Hockey League and creating chances and giving up 10 bell chances as well. You had giveaways in the slot. You had lapsed coverage. You had all these sorts of things that you can't have against the worst team in a must-win game down the stretch. So that's my first impression of last night's game. Two players who I doubt most Winnipeg Jets fans have heard of combined for an excellent play shifting behind the net and then centering in front. Um, Noah Gregor gets away from Brendan Dillon to score that power play goal. And there's a sense of here we go again. From there, Winnipeg creates. Absolutely, it creates chances. And, you know, uh, Mason Appleton, who uh, really got his butt into gear after uh, that early giveaway to, into the middle of the slot um, and and some uh, some unfortunate plays by Appleton at various parts of the game, like he got going, he got onto a rebound, and that paddle saved by James Reimer was just incredible. But you know what? Winnipeg made it to the second intermission against the worst team in the National Hockey League in a must-win game within a goal, and to give up another one so early into the third, to not be able to take over that game. You can talk about bounces, you can talk about shot clock, you can talk about any of those sorts of things. In any given moment of that game, Winnipeg had it within their power to elevate, to take over, to look at the circumstances and to do better with them, and it failed. That was an awful, awful performance from the Winnipeg Jets. You uh, mentioned Mason Appleton. He, of course, is playing with Adam Lowry and Nikolai Ehlers. I said on the show yesterday that I was actually quite looking forward to that tweak, and that I kind of considered that the second line going in. The ice time did not reflect that, and you speak to this in your piece right now that's up at The Athletic that bonus and the Jets need to get on the same page. Um, first of all, what did you think of that line playing together? And um, maybe we can talk a little bit about how they were or were not used by the head coach until well, the third period. Yeah, I mean, Adam Lowry has been one of the few Winnipeg Jets to score, to generate. You can you can count on him in terms of his effort level, all of those sorts of things that not every Jet gives right now. Adam Lowry's got that. And, you know, um, he's scored some big goals of late. He's made some impacts. Well, Nikolai Ehlers is maybe the only other guy scoring at this stretch. Four goals in his last nine games heading into last night. 
Um, he's led the Winnipeg Jets in points per minute in three out of the last four seasons that he's played. Even this season, if you look at his points per minute, his, uh, his goals per minute in the last 20 games, his goals total in the last 20 games are, are second only to Mark Shifley. And so to see him being moved to the third line, it's certainly not about the results because Nick Ehlers' offensive results have been there over the last while. Um, they've been the second best on the team, and he's clearly a top six forward. So then you wonder, okay, is Rick Bonus going to look at that third line? Is he going to use Adam Lowry more? Because Lowry's been going, and certainly Bonus trusts him. We've talked about it many, many times. There are times when Lowry's the second line, and you looked at this as, hey, okay, maybe that's going to be the line he leans on. And then whichever one of the Dubois and Shifley lines is going, that's the other sort of 1A, 1B sort of line. And it's, this is just another one of Bonus's hunches. And, well, in the end, Nikolai Ehlers plays four fewer minutes than Blake Wheeler does last night. And that's horrendous. That's a joke. It is an absolute joke. Blake Wheeler hasn't scored a single goal since February 14th, which is ironically Nikolai Ehlers' birthday. Um, Nick Ehlers enters the game on a relative heater, four goals in his last nine, like I said. Um, and he can't see the ice. They can't find him ice. I asked Rick Bonus about it after the game. He says, hey, I'm trying to get Nikolai Ehlers more ice time. I'm trying. But he also says that he takes Kevin Stenland out onto that line in Nikolai Ehlers' place to win right-handed face-offs on the right side of the ice, his strong side. Well, I think Stenland went 5 of 9 last night. Is that worth kneecapping that line by taking off its best offensive player? I don't know. I think that's over-tinkering. So, you know, I was a little bit optimistic like you, that, hey, this, you know, Bonus has made a hunch plays that have worked this season. Let's not pretend that the first half didn't happen. But this looks like over-tinkering and, uh, and a little bit of business that's lost the plot. Um, and, and listen, I still thought that that was the best line. I thought that they had the most legitimate chances. I thought that they were doing the things that the coaching staff has been preaching, shooting the puck, getting to the uh, the blue paint. Uh, what did you see from the top two lines, if you want to call them that, from the Dubois and Shifley line last night? Honestly, not a whole lot. Um, I, I think that Mark Shifley took a step towards his game last night. Certainly not an impact, uh, you know, no goals, no assists. I mean, that's that's what you're looking for from Mark Shifley at this time of year. But you can look at a couple of plays early on in that game where he peels out of the corner, fires a seam pass to Vlad Nemesnikov that a defenseman just gets a stick on. That was Shifley initiating contact behind the net, finding space, and yeah, the pass gets picked off. But that's a nice look. Later on in the first period, he spins off a man behind the net he centers into the middle slot for Blake Wheeler, who fans on it. Um, Shifley, to his way of thinking, was creating offense last night. And again, when you don't score, which he acknowledged as well, and you don't create actual goals, it's a disappointing effort. He's certainly not the best version of himself, but I thought it was a gentle step forwards. On that same line, Nemesnikov was buzzing all night. That was one of your best players. And I don't think he should be one of your best players at this stage of the career or a season in a must-win game. But Nemesnikov's hustle created some chances, created some chaos, all that sort of stuff. Blake Wheeler reminded me of Matt Hendricks' old quote. Playoffs, Nashville, 2018. I feel like a pace car out there. The speed is not there from Blake Wheeler right now. And it's astonishing to me that they continue to roll him out like a number one or a number two right wing when he is not producing, nor is he creating opportunities or creating chaos or using speed to create havoc or using his playmaking to generate chances in a way that peak Blake Wheeler does. 
And you don't even have to say that he's done. You don't even have to say that time has caught up to him and this is the end for him. All you have to do is look at the last month of play and say, okay, this is a downstretch for him. Other players can see their minutes reduced. See Nikolai Ehlers, for example. Um, that's a player whose minutes can come off. So that first line was a, was a mix for me. Meanwhile, Connor, Dubois, I mean, you expect more from them. You should be able to put those two together, and it's instant offense. It's instant you're cooking with something. And I don't think they got to the inside with speed. I don't think they got to the inside with power. Um, I think you want more from those guys as well. Um, Murat, after the game, uh, we heard from Mark Shifley for the first time in, well, basically a couple of weeks after he took a two-day timeout after um, the infamous benching in Carolina, which has turned into a complete disaster for this hockey club. Um I mean, he spoke for a while. I mean, that was the one thing I'll give him credit for last night. He actually came out and talked about it afterwards. Um, towards the end of the conversation, um, I believe it was you, asked him. You make the kinds of passes from, you know, behind the end of the slide. Even one today, I remember the Blake, and it just doesn't work out sort of thing. You create chances by wearing teams down. So is there, we hear Rick Bonas talk, shoot, 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 shoot. Is there kind of a different way of attacking that create goals problem? Yeah, I'm a... You know, I'm a guy that, you know, my whole career, I, I play a possession game, especially in the ozone. I like to, you know, hold on the puck and especially below the goal line. Uh, you know, that's kind of where I create my offense and then, you know, go to the slot when, you know, when I play with some pretty magical players that can find me in the slot. And, um, you know, that, that that's always been always been my game. And, you know, if it's a matter of, you know, just trying to create more possession time, trying to create more, more ozone time and, and wear teams down. If it takes, you know, 59 minutes and it takes 59 minutes, but... Um, you know, that's always been my my look at at offenses is is quality over quantity. And it was a very well worded question to sort of give him the opportunity to talk about what is being asked of the players on this team, particularly the forward groups and the top lines, and the way when they're struggling they need to work to to generate offense. Uh, and he had a very interesting answer about well the way he likes to do things. Um. We'll get to you asking Rick Bonus about that in a minute, but I mean, you were there. I mean, I, what did you think about what you heard from Mark Shifley, considering what had happened in the game and his direct answer to, um, which to me sounded very, um, very at odds with everything that we've heard from the coaching staff as well as most of the team right now. Yeah, I mean, to to put it in context, Mark Shifley. I mean, like you said, he was benched in Carolina two weeks ago, declined the opportunity to speak to media, which, you know, nobody necessarily likes. Um, the team's off the next day. The day after that, I mean, you know, I think he told the two reporters he was talking to, he didn't want to give them clickbait, and he didn't feel like talking to them on that night. And that is not a good look. So heading into that press conference last night, you know, Ken and I and, and a, a reporter from San Jose standing beside Shifley you're wondering which version of him you're going to get. And it turns out he's standing there thoughtful, open, articulate, calm. Um, and we're having a just a quality conversation with Mark Shifley. So with that in mind, I think you can, you can open things up a little bit more. And he's been, I don't want to say the victim of Rick Bonus's words of late, but the target, that's the word I want. He's been the target with Bonus saying, shoot, 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 shoot. I don't have to tell Mark Shifley every single game to, to shoot. I get pucks on net. And midway through one of Shifley's answers to a previous question, he says, well, hey, you know what? I generate by, you know, creating, I hold on to pucks, I hold on to pucks, I wear people down. And I just asked him, like, is that, is, you know, isn't that at odds with what Rick Bonus is talking about right now? And essentially, I mean, you can get into the full quote and, you know, everybody involved deserves the full quote. He said, yes, 
that is at odds with what Rick Bonus is saying right now. You can talk about shot quantity, but I believe in quality. You can talk about get it on net, get it on net, get it on net, but I believe in holding on to the puck, wearing teams down, and finding t- finding plays into the slot. And there has never been a clearer, hey, the coach is saying one thing, but I know a better way than what Mark Shifley told me last night in response to that question. It, it was uh, What was going through your head when he was saying that to you? Well, I was sitting there, not a lot of strong emotion, i got to be honest. I was thinking about what he was saying, and I have empathy for Mark Shifley. If you look at the like league-wide players who generate chances in the middle of the ice, Mark Shifley has historically been a beast on that regard. Even when it looks like he's shorting his back checks, even when he takes long shifts or just like limps his way to the bench at the end of a one minute and a half shift, Mark Shifley creates chances in the middle of the ice. It's his bread and butter. It's his gift. It's how he outscores his defensive problems. So from a certain perspective, I have empathy for, hey, this guy's actually pretty good at the exact thing he's saying that is his way of getting things done. At the same time, you think that through, and no matter who you are on any team, to put one person's viewpoint of how to play over the coach, over the team, um, that's not a good look either. At the end of the day, I think, like, you see teams in Boston who have success. No individual is bigger than the team. You can't say the coach wants us to play one way and I want to play another, so I'm going to play the other way. That just does not work in a team environment. And to have Dylan DeMello follow it up with a press conference or with his availability saying, you know, exactly the coach's message that we got 40 shots on net we got to keep doing that we can't we can't look for the fancy plays anymore stark contrast there are two different versions of how to fix the jets and shifley's on one half of it well and i did uh, appreciate you after speaking with those players and shifley in particular asking rick bonus about it and and listen just before we talk about it remo if you want to cue this up this won't have as much of an effect on the podcast than if you're watching on youtube because there is absolutely a visual to this as well but um here's marat asking bones about what he just heard from mark shifley two players came out uh dylan demello spoke to the importance of hey just because we didn't score we still got to keep that shot clock high mark said hey the way i like to play is hold on to the puck hold on the puck look for that pass in the slot um I mean, it sounds like you're getting two different camps of thought in terms of how to get out of the scoring slump. We had enough scoring chances to win the hockey game. Um, you were there. I- I'm not sure if I've ever seen anyone bite their tongue more obviously than Rick Bonus had to do it right there. And obviously he didn't want to go down and answer the question because I think he'd done enough answering of what he thought about his team and in particular one of his key leaders that isn't really buying in right now um that was a that was a wild moment um take us there Murat. i mean i had to i was so struck by the contrast between demello who i think was towing the company line a little bit and shifley who was going off on his own path had to ask about it i know it's post game i know it's intense for the coach i know it's emotional you're not going to get the detailed breakdown but you have to put that to him to, to give him an opportunity to speak And his answer, one sentence, really dry, a little off topic, that wasn't the story. No, it's his response where he's sort of nodding along with DeMello, shot clock, okay, okay, Shifley, hold on to the puck, eye roll. And, like, that is a frustrated man. That is a frustrated man who felt in the moment that, oh, my goodness, I can't believe we have to go there. I don't want to get into it about this particular player in this particular way. And you know what? I think that that just speaks to conversations they're having that we're not seeing 
where they're clearly on opposite sides of how to get things going right now. And Mark Scheifele can be as stubborn as any human being, I think, in the NHL, based on my perception. So if Bonus is going against that every day and hasn't won yet, I think that we saw his exasperation come through. Uh, there's seven games left in the regular season. And after last night's action, the Jets are up on the Calgary Flames by two points. They play Calgary here next week. They play Nashville here next week. Um, and the fact of the matter is they just lost again to the worst team in the National Hockey League. I don't think bodes well for what's to come. Um, wh- wh- where do they go from here, Murad? I mean, just short term, these next couple days, going into the Detroit game, um, what we've kind of been speaking about for the last week or so that Rick Bonus has sort of done everything that he can do. And he went back and talked about, you know, needing to tap in to the pride of some of these players. Um, how ugly could this get? I mean, it could, if we're talking about what might happen, it could be the single biggest collapse of Winnipeg Jets 2.0 era history. It could be that. Uh, the Jets do not have a playoff spot guaranteed to them. As of this morning, Dom Lucician's model, which was as high as 75% on their odds a week ago, down to 53%, right? That's flip a coin. And then maybe modify that coin without your heart feels after watching the Jets play of late. I think the challenge to Winnipeg's pride is important right now. I'm critical of Rick Bonus right now. I don't like those Ehlers minutes, those Wheeler minutes, all that over-tinkering, the face-offs, et cetera. I think it was a huge overcorrection. But he's not wrong. You know, Winnipeg needs to make the playoffs. And if it makes the playoffs because their coach hit the right buttons, great. We remember the first half of the season. If it makes the playoffs in spite of coaching decisions, great. It got there. That's the goal. That's the only thing. And I think that what's missing from the Winnipeg Jets right now, maybe because they're holding, squeezing the stick too hard, all the cliches, what's missing is looking at the adversity within a game and overcoming it with you can't go into the second intermission against the San Jose Sharks down a goal and come up with nothing in the third you absolutely can't that's not a successful formula and time and time again we've seen players fail to create the kinds of shifts where you know they're going to score I know the shot clock was what it was um I don't have a lot of sympathy for that at this time of year they need to get pucks in nets they need to generate quality um they need to be able to make a pass out of their defensive zone without giving the puck away shifley who i've been complimentary of did do that a couple of times mason appleton with a particularly bad one it should be about pride i i think that the winnipeg jets should take today that's off and feel a little bit sorry for themselves or feel a little bit challenged or feel a little bit embarrassed about their inability to beat the worst team in the national hockey league twice in the last month and then they got to get to work because as they've told me as mark shifley told me last night we're paid to produce as brendan Dillon told me the other day in a one-on-one nobody's going to feel sorry for you no matter what your job is to show up for the next shift winnipeg's not necessarily doing that right now and no matter what i can say about the externals and the coaches that is on a group of individuals to find their best selves or else worst collapse in jets history yeah, and listen, I mean, I, I don't, we'll have to maybe talk to the folks at Elias, but um, this would be one of the biggest collapses in recent NHL history, at least. I mean, a team that was in first place in the conference in the middle of January, missing the playoffs, I mean, that just doesn't happen. 
And this team is on the verge of being that team right now. And they seem so far from being a team. And I mean, I go back to what we heard from Shifley and frankly, what we've seen from him for the last couple of weeks. And again, I mean, is he the only one? No. Does he stand out the most because he's probably the most talented player on the team and the most important player on the team? Absolutely. And, um, I got to tell you, I mean, it is so concerning and I think probably absolutely infuriating to the fan base of this team to hear a guy that has been given so much by this organization, uh, by the general manager, the coaching staff all year long, um, to basically come out, Marat, and say, well, yeah, I know this is what they're saying, but this is the way I like to do it and continuing to do it even in the face of the biggest slump of the year and watching his team's fortune go down the drain along with it. I think when people are stressed and strained, they go back to their habits. That's what I think. I don't think that the Winnipeg Jets are calmly, rationally thinking their way through this because they've been slumping for a long time. And those emotions build up. There's anxiety, there's stress, all of those sorts of things because they can see what we see. They can see... I mean, they can see the occasional no-shows for sure. They can see the standings. They can see the teams catching up on them. And they can see their playoff spot slipping away um, unless they get their stuff together in the last seven. And I think that in times of duress like that, people go to the habits that are most deeply, deeply ingrained in them. They go with what they know. And for Mark Shifley, it's playing a particular way. And I think that that says challenging things about Mark Shifley, challenging things about all of his coaches at the NHL level to not be able to create a sense of team over individual style. I think Winnipeg stars have gotten a lot of rope over the years, just an incredible amount of rope over the years. And that's coming home to roost right now. So I want to be critical of a player like that who can do so much and who is not doing it right now. He's not the only one, you know, you can point to Kyle Connor, you can point to others as well. And I think that we're getting a perfect storm of, well, coaching doesn't have the answers past coaching. Couldn't find a better habit. And the individuals right now, never overcame this sense of, I know better. You know, when things go wrong for Mark Scheifele over the past several years, he blames external factors, at least in the media. He may be doing different work individually on his own. And for all of his gifts, and I want to give empathy during this stretch, because like I say, he is good at holding on to the puck, generating in the middle. The, the thing he says he wants to do at expense of his coach's vision, he's very good at it. And I think that that's just a human being falling back to habits that are long entrenched. Murat, just before we go, I've got to ask you this coming off that loss last night. Um, and again, this is a bigger conversation that we'll have, you know, in the weeks and months to come. But um, as we sit here right now, going into the final seven games of the year, how uh, how different is this team going to look next year, do you think? I think it has to look quite different. Absolutely. The stretch run has shown us that no matter what happens over these seven games, there isn't a finish or a playoff run, there isn't a number of playoff rounds that this team can win that would change history for these last several seasons. And the core needs to move. The core absolutely does need to, to, to change. And I think that Mark Shifley, for his own sake as well, is a big part of that. Is um, a trade piece, he's somebody who you can get at one year away from unrestricted free agency. You can get value for him. I don't think you can get a whole lot of value for Blake Wheeler, but you got to find a way to move on from both of those players Pierre-Luc Dubois is an inevitability as well. But you know what, Huss? I think, and this may be against the grain right now, he's might he might be a more sensible trade deadline trade than a summertime let's completely retool this machine sort of thing. But from where I sit, this core has shown us what it is capable of or as far as it's going to go. 
And the Winnipeg Jets need to identify that. They need to recognize that. Management Kevin Shovel Day off, ownership Mark Chipman, who is involved, um, needs to kind of get out of their own way and, and recognize that there's a new direction for this team. Else we're going to see the exact same thing when they run it back one more time. Murat, thanks so much. Have a great drive today. We'll look forward to seeing you back in the peg for uh, the final homestand of the year. Right on, Huss. Thanks for having me. All right. Great stuff with Murat. Really appreciate him joining us uh, today. He'll uh, be back in town for the game on Friday, and uh, we will see what we'll get from this Winnipeg Jets hockey club. Um, Great stuff from he and Scott today. Really appreciate them uh, joining us. Hey, don't forget, everyone, by the way, huge. We peaked at over 700 today during that Murad interview. Um, hit that red subscribe button if you haven't already. Um, really appreciate the support. And uh, while you're at it, hit the thumbs up for the episode as well. And if you are looking to um, maybe get together with other fellow Jet fans, the Winnipeg Sports Talk gang, tonight is the night. Maybe it's a perfect night for us to get together considering the way most uh, people are feeling right now. Little Brown Jug this evening, 7 p.m. We'll get going with a sports trivia night. As I mentioned, crisis counselors on hand to talk you off the ledge when it comes to uh, what's happening right now with the Winnipeg Jets. Hope to see you all there. Um, I'll hit that uh, one more time. Remo, if you want to maybe just throw it into the chat. Uh, We also have the link in the description of the video. And... uh, you can also check our socials as well. I've actually got one on it. I mean, if you if you can get a ticket in advance, we'd appreciate it. I do know there is some room still for folks that haven't already gotten their tickets. But just to be sure, if you can uh, jump on that link, get it done, and uh, won't be any issues if we do have a big rush going on. You'll make sure you're counting yourself in. We'll get going one go, going with the questions around 7 p.m. tonight. So we'll see you down at Little Brown Jug, and while. Uh, while we're there, we're gonna get. To, I'm really looking forward to trying this new generic lager they just launched. Your basic lager, just better, impressively standard in the best way, light and clean to taste with a mellow flavor and crisp finish. Now Manitoba can support local without having to move away from the domestic taste they've come to expect with a light beer. You can get it at the tap room or through vendors right now in eight packs for 19.99, 473 milliliter cans. Great price on that. And uh, we'll be trying it tonight down at Little Brown Jug. And we'll be asking some questions, having some fun sports trivia. So we hope to see you there tonight over at Little Brown Jug. Um, Got to give a shout out to our friends at Consolidated Supply. They've got their beautiful new showroom out at 1395 Niaqua Road East. Um, but they haven't been able to do a big grand opening celebration for a couple of years because of the pandemic. That's happening coming up on April 20th. Remo and I will certainly be popping by for that. Um of course, Consolidate Supply is ready for spring. They've been the leaders in irrigation and artificial turf, working with the golf industry for many years. But far more Manitobans now um, talking to the gang over at Consolidate Supply about their own properties, irrigation products and irrigation solutions. And uh, heck, if you've got any artificial turf needs, don't want to be cutting grass or you want maybe that dream putting green in the backyard, they can help you out with that. And in addition, speaking of your backyard, I mean, check out their great selection of hot tubs and spas and amazing outdoor kitchen options as well. If you're thinking on a big project for your property coming up this year, they're also the leaders in small engine parts and repair. Consolidated Supply, open to the public, 1395 Niaqua Road East. You can find out everything they can do for you online 
at uh, cte.ca. Um, also have to give a big thanks to our friends at Kelligan Water who have been such great sponsors of ours over the years. Doing it for over 65 years in business as a family-owned company featuring water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, and drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Uh, pop by and see them at 1200 Sargent Avenue. You can give them a call at 694-5180 and check them out online at drinkculligan.com. Um, all right, you know, we've talked a lot of Jets today for obvious reasons, but there are some good news stories in the hockey scene around here right now, and one of those is the Winnipeg Ice, who just finished up back-to-back seasons as the number one team in the Western Hockey League, but now it's time to finish the job. The playoffs begin on Friday, 7 p.m. Friday night, 6 o'clock Saturday night against the Medicine Hat Tigers. The Ice begin their playoff run, and uh, what a season it's been for Ben Slotty. And, and Ben just announced as the uh, on the WHL first team All-Star team, set up franchise records for points by a defenseman with 81. Uh, but what's interesting about Ben is that, you know, while there's all these other first-rounders on this team, and Zach Benson's going to probably go in the top five or top ten, Ben is not drafted, still an undrafted free agent going into this season. But he's focused on the task at hand, and that is winning a WHL championship and taking the ice to the Memorial Cup. Let's welcome in first-team all-star in the WHL, ice defenseman Ben Slotty to look ahead to the playoff weekend. Ben, what's going on? How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm good. You know, we're uh, I cannot wait to uh, see a big, hopefully long and prosperous playoff run for your club. Um, um, first of all, congratulations on another incredible season for your team and individually. Um, how are you feeling now getting to the finish line and getting ready to start what is a, an incredible journey trying to win a Memorial Cup and a WHL championship? Yeah, we're uh, as a group, we're pretty excited and we know it's uh, it's a long road. It takes a long way to get there. And uh, we just we're focusing one game at a time. You know, Med Hat's a good team. So we got to come to every game with that uh, that mindset that we're going to go out there and play our system. And uh, I think we'll be successful. You know, you've been a huge part of this team for, um, well, for four years, really, since, um, you know, since moving here. I mean, we'll get to a little bit of how things have changed and how you and your teammates have grown together. But first off, I got to congratulate you. I mean, what an incredible season you had individually. A franchise record for points in a season by a defenseman. You led all WHL blue liners with 81 points during the season, 22 uh, multi-point games. Um I mean, you've been building up to this in your final year in the Western Hockey League, but I imagine from a personal level, not only did your team pretty much win every night you went out and played, I mean, a great, great individual season for you as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. We got a great team here, obviously, and our coaching staff's awesome. Uh, we go out every practice trying to get better, just focusing on the little details to try and uh, be ready for the next game, so... Obviously, with my individual success, I couldn't have done it without the guys on a team. Um, I'm not the goal scorer, so there's guys putting the pucks in the net for me. And, uh, yeah, I just try to do my role. Well, I, how I, I want to go back to because you know, we were speaking off air before we came on. You were part of the team that came here from Kootenai as a very, very young player. What's it been like coming into a new market, a bigger city, but in a very unique setup and growing along with this team to a club that's 
been the best in the regular season the last two years and poised to do something that uh, we haven't seen yet in Winnipeg, and that's pushed for a WHL title. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Obviously, it's a big change coming from Cranbrook, BC to Winnipeg, but uh, it's nice being in a big city. We got the, the big fan base, and obviously our rink, we're playing at the U of M, but uh, the atmosphere in the playoffs here is pretty awesome. Everyone's been looking forward to that, and I think everyone on our team at our own rink loves it now. So uh, it's kind of a little bonus for us playing at that home barn every uh, every game. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And, and everyone's loving uh, being in Winnipeg, so it's, it's looking good. Ben, um, you know, it, it's a long regular season. And in the position you guys have been in, I mean, you've known you're a playoff team pretty much since the drop of the puck on the season. Um, you've been in first place. Uh, what's it been like over the last, just call it six weeks or so, knowing that, you know, it's not playoff time yet, but it's right around the corner. And what's been the focus on the team to put yourselves in the best position to be playing at your best when it really counts? And that's a uh, Friday night. Yeah, I think our coaching staff has done a great job keeping us focused and, and trying to do all the little things, right. The little details of practice. So just, uh, getting all our systems down pat and knowing where to be, knowing where to go and getting the chemistry between all the lines and all the D pairs going. So it's, uh, yeah, we're all just really excited and uh, got a lot of motivation behind from last year. Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, and I think, you know, we were funny. I was talking to Brady Oliveira from the Bombers and I mean, they had that great run and fell one point short in the championship game and, they sort of, you know, if you talk to guys on that club, I mean, they're feeling like this is a bit of an unfinished business tour. I mean, going back and getting another crack to do what um, just fell short last season. Um, would that describe the Winnipeg Ice going into this playoff run? I mean, knowing how good your team was last year and how close you came, and now it's time to sort of finish the job and go all the way? Yeah, we had a great team last year, and I think we learned a lot on that playoff run just – how physically demanding it is and everything that just goes into it. So it was obviously great to get that learning. And now we got a great team again this year. And I think uh, this group can do great things. And yeah, especially from last year, getting out to Edmonton in that round there. So now we got a lot of motivation and uh, we got a lot of experience too. So I think we can bring that to each game and know each game that's uh, we got to go out and work. Well, I wanted to ask you about that experience because, I mean, listen, first and foremost, I mean, everyone on this team is a year older, a year more experienced, a year more developed as players, and I think that obviously puts you in a much better chance to win. But championship teams often have to learn lessons the hard way. Um, what what do you think you guys can build on from last year, and how, how can that experience, having the season you had, ending the way that it did, help you guys um, get to the ultimate goal, and that's winning your league and playing in the Memorial Cup? Well, for us, uh, we talked a lot in the offseason coming into this year about just what we learned in the playoff series, and a big thing we took out of that was uh, just being strong. We, we knew Edmonton was a strong team, and uh, ultimately, I think they just outstronged us, and we've been in the gym uh, all year just getting stronger, and uh, yeah, so now we're ready to go, and we got a we got a big team this year, so I think we we can be physical, and I think that'll affect the game in a good way. Well, and, and of course, you've got you know uh, some players. I mean, that that was a very young team last year. I mean, I think in some ways it was sort of maybe a little bit ahead of schedule with how well you guys played, and you know, in the regular season, of course, winning the regular season title. Um, this year, though, I mean, got another big draft year for for Zach Benson. 
um, you know, players like Savoy and McLennan and Geeky a year older. Um, when you look around as one of the veterans on the club, um, how much more ready and prepared do you think this team is to get going on Friday than maybe you would have been in the past despite the gaudy numbers you put up in the uh, wins and losses column? Yeah, we've uh, we're obviously a tight knit team here, so we got a, a lot of a lot of character and a lot of great friendships that will last a lifetime. So just knowing that uh, it's probably the last kick at the can here, and just knowing that uh, we got to we got to get the job done is is a big motivator. And uh, yeah, being a bit older now, a bit stronger, I think it's, it's going to benefit us in a great way. We've always had a great time talking to head coach James Patrick here on the uh, on the program. I mean. Uh, What's Jeep been saying to the fellas this week? How's practice going as you guys get ready to start what will hopefully be a very long playoff run? Yeah, we've had some uh, some great practices, and obviously he knows what he's talking about. So whenever he's talking, uh, everyone's listening, trying to get better. And yeah, just uh, for practicing, just getting the systems down, just uh, had some hard ones at the start of the week, and now we're just getting into what Matt Hat does. And and it's uh, it's been fun. It's been awesome. We're just ready. Uh, you know, listen, I think everyone knows the incredible uh, pro resume of James Patrick. How much has he helped you as a defenseman, Ben, um, become the best version of yourself, obviously ending up on the first team all-star, uh, first all-star team for the league this year? Yeah, Jeep, uh, we got a great relationship, and it goes back uh, to when I first got drafted at 14-15 uh, there. So I've definitely learned a lot from him, and, uh, he's a great coach and he knows what he's talking about. So whenever I can uh, key in on what he's saying and do what he says, I think it just makes me a player. Well, Ben, I got to tell you, it has been so much fun watching you guys this season, but uh, we always got the feeling when you went out and watched the ice in the regular season, that this was just a precursor to what will be um, an amazing playoff run. Um, you know, you made some big, big trades, or your uh, management did, of course, bringing in Zach Stapchuk and some of the others. Uh, and it just does seem like this is the, the beginning of what will be a great long run. Um, but again, congratulations to you on an incredible season. Uh, you know, being the number one or on that first all-star team is incredible honor. Um, but I imagine personal honors are great. This is uh, all about the team right now. And uh, you and your, uh, you and the fellas in that dressing room getting ready to drop the puck on Friday night and get off to a great start in the WHL playoffs. Yeah. Looking at the, looking at the big picture, it doesn't really matter with the individual awards because uh, everyone knows the big picture and that's uh, the, t- the championship. So we got a long way to go and, um, and really excited for it. And I know we got the team to do it. Hey, just before we go, uh, you want to give a little message to uh, Ice fans or maybe some people that haven't seen you guys yet as to uh, why it might be a good idea to get some tickets from Friday or Saturday night and see what you guys have locked and loaded for the postseason? Uh, yeah, whoever is getting uh, tickets is in for a good one. Uh, we're all motivated here, and um, it's definitely worth a dollar to go pick up some tickets and be there for Friday Saturday. Um, guns are going to be blazing, and it's going uh, to be fun. Hey, well, I uh, cannot wait. We'll get out there for sure. And uh, hopefully have plenty of uh, rocking home games at the Ice Cave throughout the next couple months as the Ice look to win the WHL championship. Good luck on Friday and Saturday to get off to a great start with you and the fellas. Ben, congratulations on a great season. And uh, here's to maybe a visit in uh, a month or two talking about a great run for the Winnipeg Ice and uh, potentially uh, run at that championship. Good luck and thanks for doing this. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
All right, great stuff with Ben Zlotti. Friday, Saturday night. I actually just tweeted out a um, a link. Remo, if you want to maybe retweet that from the Winnipeg Sports Talk account, uh, a little ticket link and a promo code for 10% off tickets for the ice playoffs again, Friday, 7 p.m. And uh, Saturday, 6 p.m. Going to be a rocking atmosphere at the ice cave for the WHL playoffs. And I have a feeling that barring some sort of crazy upset, we'll be seeing the ice play for quite a while. Um, have to give a big shout out to our friends at the Nick and Nikki DQ group for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk since prior to show number one. Uh, you can pop by and see them and support them in the best way I know possible. Grab a blizzard, stack burger, Maybe some chicken fingers while you're there. Uh, four locations, DQ Niverville, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Northgate. And they do have an Instagram account, at DQ Manitoba, if you want to uh, let them know what you want for a custom ice cream or blizzard cake. They'll uh, fire that up for you and get it uh, ready to pick up quick and easy at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQ locations. And uh, hey, if you just pop by, tonight is the night. We'll be down at Little Brown Jug, 7 o'clock, getting things going with the little sports trivia night. Come one, come all. Uh, ticket link is in the chat and in the description and over on my Twitter uh, in case you uh, you haven't got your seats already. Um, we should have room for, uh, for some more tonight um, from what I'm hearing. But as I said, if you just want to make sure we've got a spot for you, just get that Eventbrite ticket link, grab your seats, and uh, we'll see you tonight for some delicious little brown jug beers. I'm going to try that new generic lager. I can guarantee you that. Uh, some fun sports trivia and probably, as I mentioned, some uh, some counseling for Jet fans in need considering what we've uh, what we've said. Um, Remo, what a show today. I mean, we had over 700 people live in the chat at one point. Um, and it's been bananas the entire show. And sometimes after losses, the numbers go down a little bit. People maybe just don't want to talk about it. We're in a whole nother atmosphere right now. Um, people are still engaged. People love this hockey team and people can't believe what's happened this season. And uh, it's bringing them out in record numbers. Yeah, I'm, I was surprised, you know, um, as you said, or sorry, Elliot was asking, Chad, is this normal? I have so many people here. And I was like, actually, you know, after a loss, it... People don't want to hear about it, but people have a lot of feelings. Um, you know, it's different now. It's yeah, it's you know, you're feeling like what we've been seeing this current group. It's coming to an end. Elliot Friedman mentioned it on Thirty Two Thoughts. We've been talking about it for a while, and when you go from first place in January to since then having the fourth worst record in the league, and you're possibly you know losing what you thought was a guaranteed playoff spot and you're losing to the San Jose Sharks. I mean, combined with so many things, uh, you know, people are fired up and they're all here and want to talk about it. And we're happy to provide that. I'll give some numbers us real quick. I don't know if you want to hear these. I want to cover your ears. Uh, the Jets, but oh, I tweeted this out. Oh, for nine on the power play this year versus San Jose. James Reimer's numbers, 77 saves on 79 shots against the Jets, 9.75 save percentage. He's got, a what, an 89 save percentage uh, versus, you know, his season numbers. Sharks snapped a nine-game losing streak last night. The only other game they lost in the last 15 was also against the Jets. 
And people, I see people so in chat. The game they won. Sorry, they won. My bad. They won. Yeah. And Two I, wins in 16 games, both against Winnipeg. And I think some people in chat, we've seen this, has people like, you're being too hard on Mark Shifley. And it's not just him. And I was like, you know, you're right there. They're be- the bottom line is their best players aren't being their best players right now. Mark Shifley, nine games without a goal. Blake Wheeler, 21 games without a goal. Kyle Connor, one goal in his last 15. Pierre-Luc Dubois, one goal in his last 10. I mean, Adam Lowry has got more goals in the last, what, like six games than those three combined in those numbers that I just listed. So, I mean, you're not going to win if your best players aren't being your best players. And the power play, which we've talked about, which I still had hope that they would be able to make make it a game there when they got those two power plays in the third. Like, they, they get these opportunities on the power play to make a difference in the game, and they just never do. One for 29 in the last eight, and it's just it's just been slow, I guess slow, like, train wreck here. And well, coming to a head this offseason. This offseason, you know, we thought last season, offseason was entertaining for off-ice storylines. I'm sure this season, <laughs> offseason, will be even better. Yeah, I, I can't say it's not good for business, but uh, it's driving me crazy, as uh, many of you have probably seen over the course of the last two hours. Um there is a practice. Tomorrow's going to be an awesome show. Ruwiki's going to jump on. We'll also have Trevor Kidd join us. And if you heard Trevor on the OB post game show last night, he was phenomenal. Really looking forward to that. And we'll also get ready for opening day of Blue Jays season. And uh, even hit up for a couple minutes on uh, Little Canada men's national team. Had a big game in Toronto last night. My guy JD Bunkus from Sportsnet is going to join us before the Jays home opener um, tomorrow. But the Jets are going to practice. I cannot wait to hear, um, you know, the aftermath of all of this day off today, what we'll hear from the Winnipeg Jets, certainly what we'll hear from the coach, Rick Bonus, a couple days removed from everything that happened last night. Um, and and I, I mean, who knows whether they're going to change lines, but this is what I would love to see. This is my request to Rick Bonus. Like, let, let's take a look at this. Dubois, Connor, and Ehlers... How we haven't gotten back to that, uh, I'm not too sure lately. They've been the best line when put together. Um, Listen, I I thought Ehlers, along with Lowry, you know, did add some. But we need to get, they need to get him on the ice more. Um, And obviously doing it with other players that he's had success before, I think makes a lot of sense. So Ehlers, Dubois, Connor. I'd like to see Adam Lowry playing with Barron and Niederreiter. If you're going to keep rolling Shifley and Wheeler out there, do it with Nemetsnikov. And then the fourth line can be Steny with Appleton and Saku Menelainen. Um, There has to be a spark offensively. I'm not sure we're getting it from the Shifley-Wheeler combo. We have seen in the past, you know, some better Kyle Connor, certainly since he was moved with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Last night wasn't it. And Dubois, sometimes he's going, sometimes he's not. Um, Ehlers has been one guy though that continues to drive and I think has at least shown that he has, um, you know, he's got the heart and he's trying right now. They need to get him out there more. And Rick Bonus basically admitted as much after the game yesterday. So I'll be very interested to see how things look in practice tomorrow. What we hear from them will be, uh, we'll be all over it on tomorrow's edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, let's see what's happening tonight. In the National Hockey League on the Cool Bet lines, three games. The Florida Panthers 
are uh, in a very, very tough situation. They lost that game to Ottawa. I think they've lost four in a row right now. They're on the road to take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Panthers plus 125. Uh, underdogs, Leafs minus 148. And then the Islanders and the Caps. And the Islanders right now, let's just make sure we've got this right. The Islanders have 85 points through 75 games. Panthers with 79 in 74. A win tonight for the Islanders would get them to 87 and wouldn't clinch a playoff spot, but it would pretty much put them in. Big turnaround since they made that acquisition of Bo Horvat. Um, and again, they're 6-3-1. and one. A couple losses, big win against Jersey in their last outing. I do sort of like the Islanders. I think I'm going to make that the cool bet play of the day today. Islanders money line at minus 112. And then the final game, big central division matchup up at the top of the division where the Jets used to hang out. Minnesota at Colorado, the Avalanche minus 159 favorites at home and the Minnesota Wild plus 134. Um, saw Matt Boldy with the hat trick. He's chipping in while Kirill Kaprizov heals up. And man, that Wild team is, uh, well, it can only hope to be somewhat inspirational for Jet fans seeing what is possible with uh, courageous moves that, you know, maybe eat a little bit of short-term pain for some long-term gain. They're feeling it right now, despite that big cap penalty, Remo. And uh, it's a big, big game in the division right now, considering how tight it is with the Wild, the Dallas Stars, and the Avalanche. Okay, Matt Boley's got some crazy numbers. He's got two hat tricks in his last couple games, and may have had to make a tough decision in my fantasy playoffs and had to bench him. So. Don't oh, nice don't, don't ask, don't ask. But in his last, uh, what is it, last 12 games, Huss, Matt Boldy, and that is where was the Jets? This was starting two games before the game went against Winnipeg where Kaprizov was injured. He's got 12 goals, 5 assists, 17 points, plus 12. This guy has really, really stepped it up here when you needed a guy. You know, I think all Wild, wild fans were so pissed off. Oh, Kaprizov's gone. You know, we're screwed. Our playoff, you know, hopes are going to be dashed. We're not going to be able to get first. And they've been one of the top teams in the league here for a bit of a, a bit of a stretch. And I'm trying to load it, but quant, quant hockey uh, didn't pay their, their bill. So their site's down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyways, only three games tonight in the National Hockey League. But that's good. We'll be down at Little Brown Jug. Hopefully you can come and join us tonight. Should be a lot of fun for a little sports trivia few cold beers and uh, a little revelry and potentially venting uh, from you Jet fans. We'll see you there tonight in and around 7. Again, hit that link if you haven't already grabbed your tickets. Uh, use that promo code WST if you're playing at CoolBet for your first deposit. We'll get you a 100% bonus up to $200 on, uh, on your first deposit. And by the way, if you do want to get in on any Major League Baseball futures, you got to do it before the season starts on Thursday. Actually, I guess there's three games tomorrow, Reem. Is that right? Baseball? Yeah. Tomorrow's Thursday? Oh, tomorrow is Thursday. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, tomorrow's, tomorrow's opening day today. Tomorrow's opening day. The Jays are going to be playing tomorrow at 3 against yeah, St. Tomorrow Louis. tomorrow afternoon, right after WST. Mm -hmm. Perfect. We'll uh, do our thing here, talking Jets and much more. We will have J.D. Bunkus on to tee up Blue Jays' season. Uh, but all the futures are there. 
I'm riding with the Jays. I think there's great value on the Jays for the World Series, to be honest with you. 17 to 1. Although, oh, I see that that number has dropped to 13 to 1 after maybe we move the lines on the lock shop. Um, huh, interesting. Astros favorite for the World Series at plus 650. Yankees 8 to 1. Jays at 13 to 1. All right. That is going to do it for uh, us today. Hopefully, we'll see you downtown tonight for a little sports trivia, a little brown jug. Shout out to everyone that's already got their tickets. If not, make a uh, make a decision. Let's go out tonight. Have a couple of the most delicious beers in town, a little sports trivia with the WST gang. And uh, one way or the other, we will see you tomorrow at 1 p.m. right here on WST. Thanks again to all the sponsors that make this show happen every day and all of you that joined us. Again, if you are new, hit that red subscribe button and come on back tomorrow for more Jets talk and everything else happening in the world of sports, focusing on the Winnipeg scene right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. See you tonight. Come Thursday. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.